Welcome to the Scrap Happier Podcast, where we share quick tips, tricks, and techniques to help you create scrapbooks you love and be happier while doing it. I'm your host, Alice Bull. I am so glad that you've joined us for this episode of the podcast because we have a special guest today. Welcome to the show, Tajiana Gordon. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Alice. I met you last summer online, this past summer online. We had you come and join the Scrap Smarter Experience, which was wonderful. You were such an inspiring instructor. I'm like, how come I had not seen your stuff before? And just everything seems to be blowing up. You are literally doing everything online right now. Can you please give us a little bit of background about how you got into scrapbooking, what you're doing online, and just like the little, like the 411 really quick. Well, I've been scrapbooking for about four years at this point. Um, I discovered scrapbooking through Instagram. I I really like to say that I came at it at the golden age because um, by the time I started scrapbooking, there was Instagram and there was YouTube. So it was really easy for me to teach myself how to do this. Um, I live in New York City, so we don't really have crops or like in-person classes. So everything I know and everything I figured out is from teaching myself, from watching other people do it, and then from taking classes online. So I, I discovered scrapbooking um, in 2016, and it was my favorite thing because it combines my love of photos with my love of words. If you know anything about me, I'm a huge storyteller. A story will always have my heart. So it, a way of combining taking pictures of the people and the things in my life that I love so much with writing about those things, like scrapbooking is 100% up my alley. Um, and I started scrapbooking as a traditional 12 by 12 scrapbooker, and then I discovered pocket pages, which still hasn't really stuck. Um, I picked up Project Life and dropped it every single year since 2016. I'm convinced that 2021 is going to be the year that I keep doing it. Um, I think I found a size that might work. So I'm crossing my fingers. I discovered Pocket Pages, and then I discovered Allie Edwards at the end of 2016. December Daily was the first project I completed in 2016. It is my passion project. There is nothing that gets me fired up for memory keeping as much as December Daily does. Um, But December Daily 2016 was the first project I completed. Since then, I've probably filled maybe six or seven 12 by 12 albums of just stories of me. Um, I'm very good at documenting myself. I feel like scrapbooking is equal parts introspective and a way of looking at the world around you. And so I'm very good at scrapbooking myself and documenting myself. So I have albums just full of pictures of me, stories of me, stories of my husband and myself. You know, we're child free. So it it leaves lots of room to tell stories about the people in our home, which is just him and I. And then I'd scrapbook my yum, yummy nephew, Noah, um, my family, my cats. My cats have an album, which is the wildest thing. Um, And I picked up six by eight scrapbooking because that's just, I love the idea of hybrid. So if I had to pick a scrapbooking style these days, I'm 100% a hybrid storyteller. And uh, I love that I get to mix my love of mixed media and messy art with my love of story, which is why hybrid scrapbooking is my jam. And it's also a reason it gives me space to include an essay on every single layout because I love all the words. And that's that's the last four years in a nutshell. Since then, I have experienced a tremendous amount of creative growth. I'm very lucky and very blessed to have come as far as I have. I've been on a number of creative teams right now. I am on like my dream teams. I'm designing for Ali Edwards. I'm designing for American Crafts and We Are Memory Keepers. Um, I'm designing for a bunch of small businesses. I get to play with Carrie Bradford stamps and Everyday Explorers Co. stamps and designing for the Hip Kit Club. I'm doing 
a lot of things. I'm keeping very busy. And in addition to all the design teams that I'm on, my best friend Crystal and I, we have our own podcast, The Scrappy Sisters. We're building a mighty network so people can have a home to hang out um, with other people who are interested in memory keeping away from like Facebook and Instagram because classic social media is not always the best. Um, So we're building a private home on a private network where anyone can come join us and just chat about scrapbooking. And it's just 2020 has just been a ride and so much has changed this year and so much is still the same. And I think the one thing that probably will never change is my love for photos and my love for story. And I think that it's amazing the way you actually approach storytelling. And I think it's really unique um, because most people do 12 by 12 pages and then they're struggling to try to get their journaling on there. But you kind of brought a totally different perspective to this and you kind of said, no, I'm going to do it like this. Can you tell us? Because I think this is a magical tip for people that have struggled with this, like loving the artwork, loving the story side, but not really being able to fit it together. Can you tell us your approach? So I actually don't mix them. My 12 by 12 albums are my creative play albums. They're just spaces for creative expression. And then my other albums are where I tell the story. So my 12 by 12 albums are just playtime. So they're full of like torn paper and mixed media, paint, distress oxide, texture paste, all the techniques that I want to try and perfect. Um, And then they're covered with ephemera, there's photos. And then when it comes down to getting to the heart of the story, those albums. That's typically where I work in six by eight and nine by 12 and six by 12. And that's because I like the, I like hybrid. Um, And I have a, for me personally, I struggle with the design idea of having a 12 by 12 layout laid out the way I enjoy it. And then getting the story on the page the way I want to, just because I like a lot of words. Like I like having the room to completely flesh out the story where there's a beginning, a middle and the end. And I find that if I was going to be journaling on a 12 by 12, I'd probably only give myself like three lines. And so I just choose to not add stories to 12 by 12. What I do is I'll put a date based on when the photo was taken. So if it's an older photo or recent photo, I date all my layouts on the back of them. Now, that does mean that I end up scrapbooking the same photo multiple times. Um, And for some people, that might be not something that they do. Um, But the thing the thing about 12 by 12 is it's just playtime. I don't even keep all of my 12 by 12 layouts like I end up chucking a lot of them because the point of the layout was not to tell the story. It was to just have playtime like I find creativity. Um, very soothing. I do a lot of art journaling. I do a lot of playing with art. So 12 by 12 for me is playtime. I'm not attached to many of those layouts. I'm very attached to like the first things I made when I was still figuring out how to do things. But like in the in-between, I'm not, I'm not attached to them. So I've thrown out a lot of layouts that I've made. What I will never throw out are any of the stories in my, my hybrid albums, because that's where the words are. And it's really important to me to remember what I was feeling and what I was thinking while I was writing those things down. So that's how I keep them, I guess, separate. And that's not ideal for a lot of people. But I I personally would struggle with the design of adding journaling the way I want to add it on a 12 by 12 layout. So I just I keep them separately in my head and separately on my albums. I do a lot of pockets to kind of solve the problem. If I have a large photo area, then I can slip some bigger journaling in the back. And then you can actually have multiple layers of journaling if you really, really have a lot to say. And I totally get it though. Like 12 by 12s, it's it's a design 
uh, flaw kind of when you're trying to add so much journaling, it just is hard to fit it in and still do the pretty, pretty. So mm-hmm. I totally get it. And I just thought that was a really interesting take. And I think that a lot of people will be interested to hear that there are other ways to approach it. And it's not just like, oh, I didn't add journaling. I should feel so guilty about that. It doesn't have to be all in that one way. And I love hearing different approaches to it. I don't ever want creativity and like scrapbooking to feel guilty. And that's, that's one of the things that I talk to a lot of my friends and the people in our mighty network about, because there is a lot of guilt in our hobby. There's the guilt of like, I didn't finish a year of project life, or I started week in the life and I didn't finish it. I started this project and I'm like, girl, I am the queen of unfinished projects. I start my thankful 30 every single year and I never get past day five. I am okay with it. I don't see there. there's no, there's no benefit in feeling guilty about something that brought us joy while we were working on it, because that's why we do the things we do, right? Because it brings us joy. It makes us happy. It fills us up. There's some need inside of us that scrapbooking or any sort of creative hobby is filling. So whether you finish the page or not, or you added the best journaling or not, or your journaling was just who, what, when, where, why, and there were no feelings, there shouldn't be any sort of guilt around it because you showed up. And you showing up for yourself is always something to be celebrated. Oh my gosh, that is the perfect thing. I I love that you said that because like definitely guilt was like a huge part of my scrapbooking journey in the early years. I just never felt like I was doing enough. I never felt like I was telling the right stories. And so to kind of come to the place where I am now, where I just really love the fact that I make pages that I love. Like that is totally my goal. Make scrapbook pages that you love. That looks like different things to different people. And we can all kind of embrace our own method and our style and our design choices. So I think that's super fun. So you kind of mentioned that you throw out layouts. (laughs) My heart kind of went, (laughs) like I have ugly layouts that don't even have like anything great on them. And I still won't throw them out just because I made them. So is that just, are you like saving on space? Are you just like done with it and you can, you're ready to move on. You're just not a hoarder. Like tell us about that. And maybe any tips for smaller space living? Well, it's it's a mix of things. One, it is the smaller space. I mean, I need to stop saying that I don't have a scrapbooking room though, because I think my husband side eyes me every time I say that, because I'm just taking up more and more of our living room. Um, but I, I live in Brooklyn, New York, in a one bedroom apartment, so there is no office for me. There is no like designated scrap room. My husband is very invested in my you know scrapbooking business and my well being, and so we compromise, and I got a little bit of the living room, and then I got a little bit more of the living room, and then I got a little bit more of the living room, and now there's like stuff everywhere. So in terms of like general real estate, I probably have pretty close to what a traditional scrapbook room looks like. It's just laid out really funny because it's in the middle of the living room. So there's stuff behind me. There's stuff like eight feet away that I have to get up from my desk to go find. Um, But I, I get rid of layouts because of the space. 12 by 12 albums are huge and they take up a lot of real estate. And I'd rather save that real estate for a product. I'm a product junkie and I'm a tool junkie. Every new tool that comes out on the market, the day Tim Holtz launched his Deco Edge trimmer, it was in my shopping cart and on its way here. Like I'm a tool junkie. I like having products. I like being able to touch things and go, ooh, ah, this is wonderful. So I could probably fit 
four or five 12 by 12 albums in a Calyx cube. So I have two cubes of 12 by 12 albums. And that is all the space that I give myself because in addition to my 12 by 12 albums, I have my hybrid albums and those are not going anywhere. And I have three Calyx cubes just full of December daily albums. And those are definitely not going anywhere. So then I just start prioritizing. And because my 12 by 12 layouts don't have story on them, I'm not attached to them the same way I am attached to the things that do have story. So I think it would be different if there were words on them, then I might be more attached to them. But since there aren't, and since I scrapbook the same photos multiple times, and since for me, 12 by 12 was more about the time it took me to make them and less about the value that I get after them, I'm okay with parting with them. Now, there are sometimes I take things off of layouts that I, if I can figure, if I made like a really fun embellishment cluster and I think I might be able to reuse it, I do take it off. Um, Other times I like call my sister and I'm like, hey, I'm probably going to purge this layout that you're on. Do you want it? Because my sister likes to collect my scrapbook layouts and everything else I recycle. I guess it's because of this, because my heart is for story and my approach to scrapbooking is about story. So if there's no story on it, I'm just like, uh, you and I had fun while you lasted and now it's time for us to part ways. And that way I can constantly cycle layouts into my 12 by 12 albums. Now there are a few layouts that I'll never let go. Like I scrapbooks the day that my husband proposed to me. There's no journaling on that. That layout is going to ride and die with me forever. Um, but then there are other things where I'm like, okay, I scrapbooked a cup of coffee. It was fun while it lasted, you know, you and I, and then the other things I do a lot of design team work that just constantly gets shuffled out because I'm making so much all the time that I just, I physically cannot keep it all. But as far as small spaces go, I have a bit of an advantage. I'm six feet tall. So I can stack things very, very high in the way that like a woman or a person, like a creative person of average height cannot. So I build up. I have Calyx units and then I have things stacked on top of the Calyx units and then I have things stacked on top of that. Um, So I'm very good at building up. I've also just learned to work in a small space. When we finally leave our apartment and I get a full size table, I'm not going to know what to do with myself because I'm used to working in like 15 by 18 inches of space. Like that is how much space I have to create on and I make it work. I'm so invested in this hobby that if I had like a shoebox to scrapbook in, I would still be doing it. But I will say like having bins and the Calyx units are just wonderful because you can shove so much in them. Now my my scrapbooking area is not like, it's not aesthetics. Like it's not, it's not like the pretty ones that you see online, but it's functional. It's full of stuff from Ikea. Um, I have bins. The Cabissal units from Ikea are like a lifesaver. They're those letter drawers. I have five of them in here. They're lifesavers for storing 12 by 12 paper. And I, I, I'm learning to purge. That's the other thing is you got to let stuff go. Um, so I'm purging supplies that are no longer, I'm like Marie Kondoing it. Does it spark joy? And if it doesn't, then I'm letting it go. Um, and and, and it's, been, it's been good for me this year. I've let so much go and it's been really good for me. Well, you have a few new things coming in. I have seen some unpacking of boxes from American Crafts and we are memory keepers. And so, you know, there's a constant influx of some pretty new things. So I'm assuming that that means that other stuff just has to go like realistically, we only have so much space. And it reminds me of that meme we see online. It's like, I told my husband that all our, all my scrapbook stuff fits into one box. And he said, honey, stop calling our house a box. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, I really relate to that because as much space as I have, I will fill it with yep. stuff because I love it. And so small space, it was full, bigger space, it was full. Now I have a giant studio 
it is full because I just love having this stuff. So I totally can relate. I think the one thing that the small space is teaching me is that I don't need it all. And we're joking about those American, my first American crafts design team box was 60 pounds. And I was like, what is this? And like, I opened the box and I was like, what is in here? It was literally 60 pounds of product. And I was like, this is the wildest thing I've ever seen. Um, but it, it encouraged me to let stuff go because there's only so much. And the, the thing is, not only do you reach like project, like product saturation, you reach like saturation internally. And then when I'm like full up internally with like all the stuff, it's hard for me to create. And so I need the, bre- and I learned that this year. I didn't think I was like that. Um, my best friend, Crystal's like that. She's like, Tashi, I need breathing room. I need breathing room. And I was like, pshaw, I'm going to hoard this stuff forever and ever. But I realized the more that I create is that I do need the breathing room. I do need the white space um, in my area. And so it's making it easier. Now, when I get a bigger studio, yes, I'm going to turn right back into a hoarder because I've recently picked up weaving and my husband made me promise that I wouldn't get a bunch of yarn and I lied to him. So now there's a bunch of yarn in the corner of our living room that we are now hiding from the cats because they keep eating it. Um, but it's just, it's just been wild. So when I get a full size studio, it will just, it'll be just as bad. But I'm really learning how to love the small space and how to navigate the small space. And I'm very fortunate to have a partner who is as invested in my like creative journey and my success to, you know, allow, and I say allow like relatively, but you know what I mean? To like pretty much allow me to take up half of our living room. Just it's so a I can sacrifice, have. right? It's a sacrifice it to like deal with somebody else's obsession that like yes. maybe you're not part of but you see how much joy it brings them like my husband he, he understands my passion and he's into flying and you know like I can literally spend anything I want for the rest of my life and I'll never reach the amount of money that a pilot will spend so I'm good mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's bringing that stuff into your space so you talked a little bit about how December daily is like totally your thing. It's December. Mm -hmm. You're into December daily. And can you tell us about what you're doing like every single day this month? I think this is really cool. So last year, I uh, made a commitment to myself and to my subscribers and it was the wildest thing. And I was like, look, listen, you guys, if you show up every single day, I will show up for you. So if you show up and you want to process video every day, I'll be here. And the first two or three days I like had the wildest expectations. I was like, uh, editing the videos and doing the voiceovers. And by day three, I was like, you guys know more of this. You guys are going to get raw unfiltered Dashi if you want a video every day. Otherwise it's not happening. I don't have time to edit and voiceover videos every single day because last year I was working full time and I was in nursing school full time wildest December of my life. So I would go to work and then I would go to school and then I would come home, scrapbook, film a video, edit it, upload it, and do it all over again for 25 days. And it was the best thing I've ever, it was exhausting. But the community I built on YouTube last year, just in those 25 days of people who showed up for me. And the thing about my approach to December Daily, and it's not the same for everybody, but my approach to December Daily, I don't treat my album like the like a holiday highlight reel. I don't. I use my album as a way of one, wrapping up the year. So I tell a lot of reflective stories about things that pass. Two, it's a way to document the day-to-day aspects of my life that might have gotten lost in like bigger projects. And then three, it is a holiday album. So I do tell a lot of holiday stories, but because I approach the project the way I do, it means I tell a lot of personal stories. Um, And I'm totally okay with documenting the hard stories right alongside with the good stuff. Um, And I think, I think there are, I don't want to say this, but 
well, I got to figure out how to say this. I feel like a lot of scrapbooking looks like the highlight reel. So if you look at people's Instagram, it's like, we bought a house. Here's the thing I'm doing with my kids. Here's this thing. Here's this thing. And my favorite stories and my favorite storytellers are the people who are in the nitty gritty, who like keep it as, and obviously we're sharing with like strangers on the internet. So I don't expect people to like, you know, lay their souls bare on the internet. But one, like my, one of my favorite things about Crystal and the, the thing Crystal and I bonded over, but she likes to, she tells stories about how she fails as a parent. And I appreciate that. Like, those are the things that resonate with me. And I tell hard stories. Like last year, our boss died. And so I like told a story about how it was rough going to the holiday party without him. And I told a lot of stories about how I was just worn out from being at school and being at work and doing everything else. And people were responding to that. Like when you show up and you're vulnerable and you're brave, people respond to your bravery with bravery. And so it was just crazy that by being like, just being transparent, as transparent as I was comfortable being online, people were starting to share things with me. And I built some really like amazing friendships and a really cool community last year. So this year I'm doing it again. (laughs) I loved it so much last year, but this year I'm doing it again. So 25 process videos in December. Now last year I didn't show up every day because I had finals and I was like, you guys are wild. If you think I'm going to be taking a final exam and coming home and recording a process. Um, so I, I, I finished up my album on December 28th last year. Um, and I was sharing process videos up until December 30th. So that, that's probably going to be about what happens. I am giving myself grace that if I have a really tough day to not have to sit down and like film, but Pretty much from now till December 30th, there will be a video every day uh, with a process video. And some of them are going to be really easy. Some of them are going to be short. Some of them are just going to be me doing insane things and trying to figure out why, if they're going to work. Uh, but man, December is my jam. And I just, I love showing up and love meeting people that way. I just, I feel like the, the community you build when you show up for people and people show up for you, it's just, it's my favorite part of this hobby. And it's just, it's so, it's such a magical part of the season for me. Well, and I think if people want to connect to the way that you tell stories, they should definitely get on your email list. Like I am giving you a major shout out because I was reading one of the emails recently and your emails tend to have like plenty of words. They're kind of like definitely your style. They have plenty of words. And I really loved it because hearing you share some of the real things that you were thinking about 2020, thinking about the good, the bad, and it inspired me so much. And I literally couldn't type or write the words fast enough. So I opened up my voice recorder app on my phone and said, okay, I just have to get this all out. I talked for 15 minutes and it was just all the things that I was thinking about this past year, the good, the bad, the ugly, like it had all of it in it. And it was really inspired by reading the way you shared in your emails. So whether it's through your pages, through your journals, through your emails that you're doing, um, I just wanted to say thank you because I got a really important story out of myself and sometimes hard stories, the ones that have those gritty edges aren't the easiest for me to, to find and to, and to get onto the page or, and I know it's not on a page yet, but it's coming. And now at least I know what I want to say and I can take that from there. So thank you. Oh, thank you for sharing that with me. And you know, the thing is, Alice, like, I feel like there's so much value, even if it doesn't get on a page, there's so much value in just getting those words out. I have 
books and books and apps full of journaling that hasn't made it onto a page and that might never make it onto a page. But something about sitting with those words, um, I think, I don't know, it's something, there's something so cathartic about getting your story told and whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be scrapbooking. It could just be, you know, getting a voice memo out and going, here's where I am and here's what's happening and just getting it out. But, and that's what I encourage people to do is just get it out. Like sit with those words, sit with those feelings and get it out. And if it ends up on a page, great. If it doesn't, also great. So valid to just, you know, sit with those feelings. And I just, there's, oh, I love real life. That's my thing is I just like keeping it real. And sometimes keeping it real means sitting with those nitty gritty things. Um, and I think we're better people on the other side of it. You had a prompt that you wanted to share with us today that will inspire us to get some scrapping done. Yeah. So one of the, the my plans for the end of this year, after the hubbub manic of December daily, is I get very introspective this time of year because I like to look back at the year that, and especially with 2020 being the adventure that it's been, I think I have a lot of things to look back on. Um, but one of my project plans this year is to look uh, back at how my memory keeping has grown and how it's changed and how it's expanded. I like to document about documenting. I know it's very meta, but I like to document about documenting. Um, and I want to do, I wanted to make a layout and just do some journaling about how my scrapbookings change and what I want from my memory keeping journey for 2021. And I think it'd be really interesting to just pick a facet of your life. Now it would be super hard to do your entire year, but pick a facet of your life and like sit with it and look at how it's changed in 2020, how it's grown, how it's expanded. Um, And then write down what your hopes are for it for the coming year. I am very optimistic about 2021. I just, I feel like anything has to be better than 2020. So I'm very optimistic about 2021. I picked a very good word. Crystal and I have already picked our one little word um, for 2021. And by the time this podcast airs, you will be able to hear all about our words for next year and what we're uh, like, what our intentions are. But I'm really ready for sitting with these feelings and then writing my hopes and my dreams for what comes next. So yeah, that's my prompt. Pick something, anything and write about it and what you want for it next year. I love it. Thank you so much. Like that, that's just a really good prompt. I think having that reflection, like even just my voice memo, like I I pretty much did this prompt already. So I'm really excited. (laughs) It's like, I pre got my homework done. Like (laughs) my teachers would be shocked. (laughs) Did you have a special tip that for sitting down to scrapbook, something that people can keep in mind when they're sitting down and think, yeah, like this would really help. So the tip I give, I always give everybody is just write um, and write all the time. I do 90% of my journaling on my phone. Um, I use, I always recommend the day one app. If you have an iPhone, um, I love the day one app because I can start writing on my iPhone, pick up my iPad, keep writing, pick up my MacBook and keep writing. And I can just carry the same note from all those locations, but the Evernote app does the same thing, but just, just write where you are. I do. It's really funny during December. I do like 90% of my journaling on the subway. Like I, I wrote my story for today on the subway ride home. I do my best thinking apparently on the train, um, but I write all 
all the time. And it, it be, it's like a muscle, just it needs to be exercised just like anything else. So just write. And who cares if you don't find the words, just write. And eventually the words will find you. And that's a tip I always give people. Just pick up a pen and paper, pick up your phone, whatever you have next to you all the time, and just write stuff down. And even if it's just, you know, sticking to the facts and not feelings, just exercise the muscle and you'll be amazed at how far it goes. That is such good tip and one that I will take to heart because I need to do some more of that. I want people to be able to find you online. And because you're doing so many cool things, where can people go so that they can find your mighty network so they can find your Instagram, your YouTube so that they can just find you everywhere? Okay, so I'm at Instagram um, at precisely Tashi, uh, which is I can't ever spell my username. It's B-R-E-C-I-S-E-L-Y-T-A-Z-H-I, which is my nickname. Everybody calls me Tashi. Um, and then all of the links to all the things are in my link tree in my bio. Our Mighty Network is at the Scrappy Sisters Collective. Please come join us. It is completely free to join. Um, the way the Mighty Network works is Crystal and I pay for the network. So it's ad-free. You literally only get scrapbooking. There's none of that other negative juju out there. It's just a place for a bunch of creative people to hang out and share what they're making and talk about about what they're doing. Um, and then my YouTube channel is at my name. It's Tashiana Gordon. And then if you're interested in the podcast, it's also the Scrappy Sisters podcast, but everything's linked in my link tree in my bio. So come find me and let's chat about all things storytelling. Thank you so much for agreeing to come onto the podcast. I was super excited because your class really connected with me during the last Scrap Smarter experience. And now your partner in the podcast, Crystal, is going to come and be an instructor for the next Scrap Smarter experience. And so it just feels like you're in my world so much. And I think about the lessons that I've learned, like I've been scrapbooking for 20 plus years <laughs> and I'm still learning all the time and I really appreciate it. And like the approach that you have feels really fresh and it really helps me to kind of connect to what I'm doing again. And so I just have to say, thanks for the inspiration. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I, I love talking about scrapbooking and I love talking to you. This was such a joy. You'll find all of the links to connect with Tashi online over at the show notes at scraphappy.org slash episode 21. Don't forget that registration is now open for the Scrap Smarter Experience taking place in January, January 15th to 17th. This virtual scrapbooking event brings together 10 amazing instructors to teach you all kinds of new scrappy skills, along with some inspiration from our keynote speaker, Allie Edwards. And I'll be sure that the registration link is on the show notes page at scraphappy.org slash episode 21. I hope that this conversation with Tashi will inspire you to sit down and scrapbook, to tell your stories, to just write. And if you make a page, you can share it on Instagram and use the hashtag scraphappierpodcast so that I'll be sure to see it. Let's get ready to wrap up 2020 by making some layouts that we love. Happy scrapping. Thank you.